Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. the Wise Wednesday podcast. We are going to talk about Friday night's win at Birmingham and then maybe just have a little bit of a summary of the season so far as we go into a mini break for the World Cup. Uh, of course, there will be a, a couple of games in that period, of course. So John and myself, Stephen Goldsworth, to do that is Gareth Barger. Good evening. Good evening. Ask. I'm going to ask how you're doing. You don't need to go into full detail and tell us the flu situation like you just did before we. Why not? What, what's wrong with that? Well, well, you could go the graphic detail if you want. Well, that graphic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, got, I have had the flu. Basically, I've got the flu. Well, did have the flu. Now I'm feeling sort of marginally better. But as you can, I apologise because I mean my voice isn't that palatable. You seem anyway. fine. You seem fine. Oh, really. Mm-hmm. That's good. Do not sound like block my like, nose feel blocked up or anything. I do feel like quite bunged up, like. Mm. But yeah, it's not, it's, no. not, it's not coming across that way at all. So I'll explain to Stephen about my um my lovely um sweating that I do when I get the flu, where I have to like get Sounds up in the great. night and like wring my clothes out in the bath because it, that's how like that's how bad it gets. Is it's like like a child or something in the eighteen hundreds on like some. Some like Victorian drama, where they die at the age of sixteen of consumption. That's basically what. That's basically wet. what I'm like. Yeah, yeah. So you get a wet coughing, um, coughing cloth up, on your yeah, forehead when yeah. you're lying there. Coughing blood into a hanky provided by my nanny at the, the bedside. That sort of thing. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I've been doing uh, <laughs> since Wednesday. Sounds great. Actually, it's been fantastic. Yeah, really uh, great. Oh, well, it struck us all as well, isn't it? Not COVID, though. That hit me like a truck this time as well. Uh, but we'll... You've had it like nine times or something. Those days, <laughs> yeah, but the, it's never hit us like it did this time. Like, it absolutely, absolutely floored us for two and a half, three days. Well, I didn't do that before. I still worked through it last time. So never mind. Anyway, people don't want to hear about this stuff. Um, <coughs> uh, and oh, there's any coughs now. Uh, Jimmy no. Ray has joined us as well to... I was going to say put a positive spin on things, but we've won anyway, Jimmy, so just even more positive yeah. than normal. Yeah, just here for vibes. No, uh, yeah, good evening. Good to be here. <laughs> We're also joined by uh, the Athletics' Phil Buckingham. Evening, Phil. Good evening, gents. How are you? Um, we're good, thanks. I don't think this is your Wiseman Theatre debut. No, pretty pretty sure we, I think he's been yeah, on twice. We're pretty sure we had you as a whole guest Without realising you were a Sunderland fan the whole time, mm, and you obviously yeah. too, you obviously too polite to tell us at the time, and you just give us opinions on Hull, and we didn't even know that this whole time we could have been having you on as a Sunderland guest. Well, you've been on as a Sunderland guest twice. 
Has he? Oh, must have been. Yeah. I must have been. I must have been here then. Yeah. Yeah, lad. Yeah. No, back in the day, I remember though definitely because uh, no, Chris, yeah. Chris Young put put us in touch. I think. So, well, good to have you back anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm back with red and white spectacles on there. How was covering Hull for all those years? Premier League days, though, wasn't it? Well, yeah, so, I, I had I had the absolute best days of it, to be fair. Um, I think three promotions to, to the Premier League, FA Cup final, stuff like that, a little bit of Europe. Uh, couldn't complain, lots of fun. There was, always, there was always a Sunderland connection with Hull as well, people like Steve Bruce, Smiler, El Mohamedy, people like that. There was there always seemed to be a Sunderland connection somewhere along the way. But the real rock and roll star, who was also a Sunderland fan, was Phil Brown, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> what, was, what, what was he like? A lot of fun. I, I, still, I still see him every now and then, and uh, yeah, she, she had some great times. He's uh, he's he's one of a kind. Um, I, I I often wondered if um, he sort of just got carried away with himself in his career, uh, and that was just the sort of the character he was. But he's uh, yeah, I've got a lot of time for Phil. <laughs> well, we won't delve too much, uh, too much of that one. I know you've done a lot of work on Sunderland for the Athletics. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that at some point uh, as well. But we'll look back to uh, Friday first. Um, you, like me, Jimmy, regretting the decision. We both made the decision not to go on Friday to try and save some Christmas money and inevitably to go and put in a, a winning performance. Jim, are you alive? Oh, so yeah, sorry, Jim. Got a bit, got a bit of a delay on the air. Uh, a on bit the of a delay. There. Apologies. Yeah, I was basically I didn't hear you say my name because yeah. it cut out, and then I wasn't sure whether it was. Bit, yeah. Stephen asked so. like that delay. It's like Stephen asked that question when Hull were last in the Premier League. That, that's, that's how long ago he asked the question? That yeah, sorry about delay. that. Stephen, when you were speaking, it broke up for me for the vast majority of what you were saying. Okay. So I just heard the back end of it. But yeah, I'm no, gonna, I I'm gonna have to leave that. I'm gonna have to leave that gap in now because the joke for the context, yeah. If, I, if yeah. I don't, so I apologise in advance for being so funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was. Um, I was. I was a bit gutted that I didn't go in the end uh, on Friday because it was. It was a great win. I thought. Um, you know, from start to finish, really, we, we pretty good performance. I thought obviously they hit the bar early. It was a bit risky. Um, you know that chance Dini had. Thought we, we reacted to it well though. Um, scored a couple of great goals and um, yeah, all around just seemed like you know a good solid reaction to a really disappointing game the week before. I think we've seen that a few times this season, haven't we? Where we had a bad result and we've come back in the next game and sort of put it right, if you like. And I think we did. There was definitely a lot of that on Friday. I thought we were, you know, Birmingham obviously been in good form. Um, and they were a decent side, but I think we we were more than a match for them and were well deserving of the win. Um, to be fair, they probably deserved the goal just because they were pushing at the end. But we we were nice and resilient for the last sort of 12, 15 minutes after they scored till the final whistle. I thought, you know, previous iterations of Sunderland might have conceded another goal there. But I think to be fair, although there was a clearance off the line and stuff in general, we we defended well. So yes, yeah, solid, solid performances from across. The pitch as well, you know. Try Hume, great, great performance. Bailey Wright, part of the mistake, I thought did well. Danny Bart was excellent. And obviously going forwards, Ellis Sims gets the goal that he's been wanting since he's been back. So yeah, happy days for me. And we we, we spoke last week, didn't we, about how we would a lot of Sunderland fans would love to swap the home and away form round and it might give a totally different perception on how Sunderland doing this season. But you've just said that, I think he's just said that Gareth apart, you know, won't clean off the line. Did 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 you the, the, they managed the game very well, didn't they? Like, despite, you know, 
obviously Birmingham had the, the majority of the possession, um, but I thought it was a really good away performance, and we've seen a few of them this season. Yeah, I mean, said a few weeks ago, I think you know, I was a bit worried when they got one back, um, and I thought, you know, it's a real test now because I was thinking how how many teams have would have dropped points from being 2-0 up in games three times in a season. Um, like, I mean, what was it? Isn't this percentage statistic that says if you go 2-0 up in a game, you should win 66% of the games or something like that? I think there was a, a stack going around. Something like that, yeah. I've heard. I've heard yeah, yeah, so <clears throat> we would have been like 0-3 if we'd conceded again. Um, and obviously it would have been massively gutting going into the break on the back of that so it was massively important, and it was also thought it was really important for. Now I know before the game there was a lot of sort of discussion about the, you know, makeup of the side because we were showing you know kits of you know children who were going to be in the squad, like literally a fifteen-year-old boy who was going to be in the squad potentially, and there was a lot of, you know, worry about have we been hit by injury stuff like that. So when the team came out, even though it had Huggins at left back who hadn't played a game for nearly two years and, you know, try him at, at right back. Um, I think to see the game out the way they did was um, real positive. It, it was a case of, you know, doing some, doing the dirty things that we need to do for that last 20 minutes of time. We did come under a bit of pressure and we had, they assume, cleared that one off the line, but it felt like, you know, there was a real resolve and a, a desire to defend um, where, you know, we'd been a bit milky at times if you, like, in the games, like, against QBR, you know, the, the header we concede from the corner there and, like, nobody's really marking anybody and then, you know, the, obviously the capitulation against Burnley, it was just all a bit weak. So for them to come under the pump from a physical side and and come through it was was, you know obviously really positive on top of the fact we won the game. Anyway, and that's that 27 points now, is it? So another probably 21, and you'd say we're probably, that we're probably, you know, safe, aren't we? And we've got, you know, what, 26 games to get them in. So, you know, I think think it, it was a really important win. It was, and, and there was definitely alarm, Phil, wasn't there, when you looked at the back four? Every Southern fan must have looked at that at the start of the game and had a bit of concern about how this is going to pan out, especially against an informed team, as Jimmy says. Yeah, I, I must admit, I was, I was quite anxious about the game Friday night. If you'd have offered me a point beforehand, um, I'd have gladly snapped your hand off. I think that would have gone for most people when they saw that back four. But um, for, for me, quite a lot of parallels with the Huddersfield game uh, 10 days before, whatever it was, in terms of quite a I think quite a limited opponent, like stylistically, um, chucked a fair bit at them, made life difficult, quite physical. But I think when the the game's sort of key moments came and they needed a bit of quality, they they, they came from 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 us really. And um, like like with the Huddersfield game, there was certainly the first one very well worked goal, and then um, two two well well taken goals on on Friday night and. You know, I, I thought the the, the J 
genuine attacking moments of quality came came from someone in the game and, and and that's what was telling and yeah they had to hang on at the end and they had to dig in but um yeah when when the when those big moments came there were there were Sunderlands and I, and I think I think I think generally they've been they've done that quite a few times away from home this season and and for a, for a team that's quite young they 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 have got a fair bit of resilience um I, I know people like Bailey Wright um Danny Batten um and Corey Evans are key to this, but um, for for a, a team that's that's so youthful, um, I think there there are times where they, they're more than capable of digging in and, and and hanging on to these to these platforms that they build themselves. Any coincidence, Jim, that uh, Corey Evans and Alex Pritchard both start, and then we? Well, yeah, like, like we said, like, like we said last week, I think um, at the minute at least they're absolutely key for us. You know, they control the rhythm of the game from the start. I mean. Like Phil said, uh, Birmingham were pretty limited. I mean, they had, you know, some kind of individually quite good-looking players, like those lads they got from Man United. You, you know, I was expecting maybe a bit more from them, like you said, with quality. But I think we controlled it um, in the middle, the vast majority of it. And, and obviously, Evans and Pritchard are vital to that. They set the tone and then kind of allow Ahmad, for example, Ahmad with his assists and his goal, he was able to sort of have a bit more of a free role. You saw obviously the way he, you know, he, the way he skinned a few of their players and laid it on for Sims, and then. Then he's outside on the right for, for his for his own goal coming inside. So it's it's yeah, it's 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 pleasing because um it, it was obviously a mistake that Moby made to not start them um, against Cardiff. And um he's obviously, you know, he's not he didn't want to repeat that. So you know, you, like you say, it was vital that they played. And um yeah, they set the tone for for what was yeah, a great away performance. And to be honest, if you look at Birmingham's team and their form, um they've obviously won seven, drawn seven, lost seven. So they're Pretty much the as mid table as you can get. Um, we've played a game less, won seven, drawn six, lost seven. So potentially, um, if we were to beat Millwall, we'd go ahead of Birmingham on the on the phone. But if we draw the exactly the same as well, then you know, I'd be as Gareth said, we've got a, the first objective is to stay up. I think um, as a new promoted team, we're more than halfway there. You'd think, like Gareth said. So um, looking forward to a positive second half of the season. It was a nice way to round up what's been a pretty fraught at times last couple of months with the injuries. Um, and I think, like Phil said, the resilience is there for all to see. Um, and they might be young, but they're certainly not shy and not shy to take responsibility. And they've got a lot of heart and fight, as they showed in the last sort of 15 minutes at, at St Andrews. So, yeah, all good for me. I know you were wax lyrical, Gareth, about Ahmad. And, and you know, even after the um, defeat of Cardiff, but his, his stock's just rising. More and more, isn't it? Not, yeah. even just, not even just the goal and the assist. Just he's all round playing again. Yeah. We, we mentioned the post card of just he wants the ball in tight areas. He, he's energetic. He just makes things happen, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, I remember like one of his first games next to me dad saying like, obviously he's rusty, but I was saying you can see why somebody might take a chance with him, like because he's got so much technical ability. He's touching the way he moves a ball like sharply and close to his body. Um, and he's only slight playing against, you know, <laughs> a lot of bigger opponents than him. <clears throat> and, you know, it's, it's great to see that, you know, he came through that little, yeah, there was a few grumblings about him in that, um, which is it, the Preston game where he went through on goal and sh- Sort of yeah. Blackpool as well was a black was a Blackpool yeah. where he the, went the through night game. Yeah, yeah. and he should have uh, shot and he cut back and after that and Mowbray came out and said you know he needs to shoot more he needs to shoot more I think he came on in the the following game 
I think it was Middlesbrough, and he seemed to have about five shots when he came onto the pitch. Um, and ever since then, it just seems to have <clears throat> he just seems to have grown in in confidence. And you know, it's really nice to watch. You know that you know, and talk about the model and the you know, the. Uh, I just hate talking about the model. I hate that it's called the model, um, but it's nice to talk about. You know, and it's got its flaws, but when you see the young players that we've brought in and one of them flourishing like that, and yeah, he probably won't be here next year. But it's not. It's nice. It's to not see. really part of any model. Though, is you loan a young player like like we've done for the last twenty years. Like every club's just done for the last twenty years. Well, I, I know you mean. I know no, you mean you're talking you know, about them as a collective. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. No, I but, know. But in but he, his case, but he were. You know, he he has really shown that he could be a Premier League standard player, and you, you know he's a long way off a Man United level. Yeah, yet he's, at he's the not moment. Gonna get, I don't think he's going to get there. It's um, going to be. <clears throat> But well, he's only tier, young, isn't he? So next tier down, I reckon. Um, but you know, you know his, his level of improvement in the space of time that he's made. You think, you know, well, what what if he gets another fifteen games under his belt? What what are we going to be looking at? Um, and you know, it's exciting to watch. I mean, the goals, you know, were like Phil was saying, were you know really well executed. But again, another brilliant ball by Neil for the the second one. And the good bounce, good like, bounce back performance by yeah. Neil because he he, yeah. he, he yeah. was he was very disappointed against Cardiff. Got a lot of stick. Yeah, but I mean the the finish was ridiculous, wasn't it? Really, I mean it's the only place he could have put it, and it looked it very aesthetically pleasing finish. Mm, um, yeah. You know, it's like a it was a bit like a reverse Helen Johnston, wasn't it? When he used to come in on his right and bend it in the far corner, it was like this, that sort of finish. That we kind of his trademark. Mm. And Ahmad's tried to do that a few times and hasn't quite got it right, but he certainly got it right um, on Friday. And, you know, again, it's nice to watch. You know, you watch on the telly and hear the comment again, oh, well, that could be the goal of the season. It seems like every time we're on the telly, every time we score a goal, that, that, that seems to follow it. So we must be doing something right, mustn't we? Yeah, I was going to say that, Phil. We've got a little, we've got our own little montage now of these goals away from home, haven't we? On the telly, it's it's there's about three or four now. Yeah, team goals, good thing. Not nothing beats the Reading one though. Um, just just on Ahmed, I generally think it was a really big season for him in in terms of his career. I know I know it's early doors in his career, but it's coming to two years since he left United. Hasn't really left a footprint in the sand there. And then when you look at his how badly it went for him at Rangers, really, um, you know, completely bombed by Van Bronckhorst in the main. You know, didn't. Couldn't 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 buy a role in the team really. Um, so and if, and if it was to come if he was coming to Sunderland and it and it went badly for him, then all of a sudden he's you know where, where does he go from there? If he, if he can't cut it in the championship, then you, you wonder where he's where he's ever going to cut it. And then so so for, for him to find his feet as he is doing, um, winning games like he is doing, um, it's it's enormous for his career really. And 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 Sunderland hopefully be the feel a benefit of that because he's there's, there's definitely a player in there. I, I do tend to agree with 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 you, Steve. I, I do think he perhaps lacks the. I think I think you have to be absolutely exceptional to be his size and stature to make it at the very top. And I'm not quite sure he's at that level, but he is. He's 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 clearly a very good player. Um, 
much too good for the championship when he's playing as he is. Yeah. I think he's got like a move to Brighton or somebody. Written, yeah, written, yeah, written, yeah, written, written yeah, yeah, yeah. Brighton or Everton, someone like that. Yeah. The issue yeah. he's going to have though is because he went for it's like a lot of these young players. And I mean, I remember discussing this on the pod like years ago when we were in the Premier League <clears throat> and we were talking about like things like could we sack off the loan system to stop things like this happening. And he's in a situation now where Man United have just stockpiled him for like 35 million quid. So now, uh, what are they going to do? Like, they're not... They're not going to get that back. They're not going to get it back. So, like, but how much are they willing to take um, in terms of a loss? Because obviously we know the financial situation of Man United, even though they are probably the most commercially um, profitable club in the world, they're obviously in a lot of debt. So that whole side of it and you kind of think there's going to be a player now who you know as a young lad yeah amazing go to Man United it's Man United and then you get there you don't play you go out on loan you do well on loan and then it's like well what it's going to be another loan and then another loan and then another loan because every every year they'll get bids they don't want to risk selling in case they get a higher one the season after they might as well just offer them a new contract and and keep them there Well, like Chelsea, Chelsea do that all the time, don't they? Yeah. Like, yeah. There's lads yeah. at Chelsea been there like 10 years and have never actually played for Chelsea. I mean, it, it's, it's sad. Like, I mean, obviously it's 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 not like a tra- tragedy because he's played like a high level of football um, and he's played like, you know, for Rangers and Sunderland and Man United. So it's not a bad, and Atlanta. So it's not a bad like list of clubs, is it? To be fair, you can play for a lot worse than that. So he's having a yeah. nice time, but at the same time, He's not really establishing himself, is he? Because he's yeah. like a he's he's always like the, the guy on loan yeah, rather than exactly. establishing himself as a first team player. Kind of similar, I guess. To like um, obviously, we did we have signed Clark now. But you know how Clark was loaned out by yeah. Spurs, Stoke, and yeah. up to us. But yeah. luckily, we managed. To, he's managed to now become an established permanent player here. Yeah. So you'd hope, obviously, Diallo it, at some point will need to try and make that transition as well. But as long as we've got him, the, for the longer we've got him, the better because. Um, that would be insane. Yeah. He's, he's, he's certainly one of the most exciting players in the league when he plays like that. Isn't he? And two, um, I mentioned Dan Neil there, but I think Sims and Neil were the two really who had the turnaround performances that needed, didn't they? I think they both got lots of stick after the. And rightly so. I mean, especially especially Neil. I think I think Sims Sims has the fitness thing against Cardiff, where clearly probably wasn't right to start. Neil just had a bad game, um, but I think on Friday both of them were were really good. I mean, Neil like looked like a different player from what he looked like against Cardiff the week before in Sims as well. Just look, he looks like he's getting fitter and fitter and hungrier in the way he pulled away to finish his chance. Obviously, really nice finish. Not particularly hard, but the type of chance that you do see strikers miss sometimes, especially when they've not had a goal in a while, but he put it perfect in the bottom corner and stayed on side, pulled away nicely. So, yeah, I mean, that'll do in the world of good, you'd imagine, as well, to get a goal, um, you know, fairly soon after coming back from a long time out. Sims maybe more realistic as a long-term option, Phil, and we're talking about Diallo there, and I think we're all probably saying he's, while he might not get a man news expected levels, it's probably going to be, unless something would have go up, he's probably going to be maybe a bit too much of a reach for us, but what about Sims? It's an interesting one, because it doesn't look, he's 21, still really yeah. young, but doesn't, Absolutely. certainly not at the moment, anywhere near Premier League level, perhaps. Or... No, but I do think he's got, um, admirers at Everton I, I don't think they would I might be wrong but I don't think they would entertain selling him next summer I think they would like to see him 
progress until he's maybe 23, 24 and make a, make a judgment then, especially if he's, if he's scoring goals in the championship, a decent, decent loan at Blackpool, didn't he, before he came here. Um, so yeah, I'd, again, I think there's a, I think there's a player there. I think he's a bit rough around the edges. Um, technically perhaps not up, up at Premier League level just yet, but um, yeah, he, t- he t- took his goal very well. And I thought when, when he first came in that first month, he's going to be one of these centre forwards. that's almost like shoot on sight and the, the, the goals he scored at Bristol City, you know, he's, I thought he'd, he'd be shooting every week, and f- for that reason alone, you'd, you'd, be, you'd end up getting your 15, 20 goals a season. So the, the injuries obviously derailed the season a bit, but um, yeah, you'd, you'd like to think that um, he's a good attacking option. But yeah. I guess the, the bigger question now is how do you fit all these players in once once Stewart's back fit? Because you know you, you saw um, Patrick Roberts drop to the bench, um, and it's. You know, if, if if there's almost like a three behind the one, I'm not quite sure who who how, how you can justify the Sims get get getting a game if 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 Stewart's back playing like he was beforehand. Um, he, he looks the better bet to me, but you know, over the course of a season, you're going to need all these players, aren't you? So, it's, well, as we've seen, <laughs> well, exactly, we've yeah. seen that, haven't we? Nice problem to have, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, Morbury referenced getting Robertson Diallo into the team again. That that was a big. Issue against Cardiff, those two being in the teams as we discussed as we discussed last week. I'm not sure it's going to happen, but as Phil said, it'd be a nice prop to have, I guess, wouldn't it? Um, oh yeah, I mean it's it's the polar opposite of what we've had, isn't it? I mean we've we've barely been able to fill fill spaces with players in the right position. So I think the Roberts and, and Diallo thing, I think Mowbray's probably. I'm assuming just looking at them two, two of the best <laughs> players we've got technically. Um, look at the raw talent yeah 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 and just like trying to figure out but like you said against Cardiff last week we sort of said how they kind of make, did the same thing at times and he's, there will probably be a way to do it but I'm not sure it needs to be a priority especially when we've got Sims scoring we've got Richard playing a bit better than he has been obviously Stewart to come back as well so yeah and obviously I mean, there's, there's, there's always Bennett too and maybe there's good World Cup and stuff I don't know Sims is at one in three at the moment, including sub appearances. So he's had two sub appearances, ten starts, and he's scored four goals. <clears throat> so if you replicate that, of course, the season he might get up towards that fifteen. Mm. Um, I know the argument for Roberts is there, but and on his day he is brilliant, but he's he's very hot and cold for me, Roberts. I know it might be. It'll vary who we play, like um, a certain opposition. Opinion, Certain proposition would suit, I would imagine, Sims better than others. So, yeah. you know, it, it'll probably be horses for courses when it comes to that, yeah. won't it? I think him and Stewart together are a nightmare. Like, you'd hate to play against that tall and physical and fast. Um, and, you know, there's a stat again from Chris's Abacus um, that he's had six attempts on target this season, Sims, and scored four. So that's pretty clinical, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, if you if you if you get the it's kind of does suggest if you get the ball in the right area, to him, he, you know he's he, he could finish it off for you. Um, I think he's you know, the the thing that he done and he gets his, the credit is you know his game intelligence. I think is pretty good for a twenty one year old. Um, if you when he when you see the balls in the air, he's assessing the situation and kind of trying to make the the best decision rather than just sort of playing percentages. Sometimes he'll try and let the ball bounce, maybe. Uh, to or to back into the defender to try and get them turned so he can run in behind them. Sometimes he will flick it into a, an area or a space. Often when he wins a header, he, he does find 
as a teammate. Um, so, you know, obviously every player makes bad decisions from time to time. But I think generally for like a 21-year-old centre-forward who's playing his first season at this level, I think is, yeah, and I would agree, Phil, you're right, his, t- his touch is a bit heavy at times. Um, and uh, it, it can be sometimes look a little bit clumsy. But I think generally when you when you're watching the game, he looks like he he wants to make the correct choice. Um, sometimes that means as well he's not going to like hair after everything. Like he's not all action like Ross Stewart. He'll kind of go well. I'll save my legs on that one. But then when the when the opportunity comes, if a defender's like five yards away from the ball, it's run away from him. He'll be on him, um, and the, he takes he uses his energy at that point to try and capitalize on that opportunity. So. Um, I think that's why those two work so well together. <clears throat> yeah, we've lost we've lost Jim in the clouds somewhere. Oh, we? um, we'll, we'll we'll have a little break Come again, and then we'll um, we'll we'll have ten minutes just have a quick summary um, of where Sunderland are at the moment as a club. Look at the season so far. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Welcome back to the Wise Men's Here podcast. Right, we are going to put a podcast out, I think, in the next um, week or two where we're going to have a detailed look at the start uh, of the first half of the season that Sunderland have, yeah, um, that they've had. So look at the players got out, players come in, maybe strip it back and look game by game, just some of, and uh, assess what we've seen um, so far. But we'll have a little bit of a, a discussion about that now, just to um, gauge where people uh, are at with it. Jimmy might join us when he when he comes back. The three of us will make a start. I think Phil. Uh, I know a lot of the work um, you've done and a lot of the the journalism you've done has been investigating the ownership and the, the structure of the club and looking at things like that. Where do you? Um, how do you see Sunderland's current um, situation? I don't want to call it the model. I'm trying to think of another word because I don't know how much Gareth hates it. Um, it gets a little bit tiresome, yeah. A Sunderland, you know, a Sunderland doing this on the cheap, are they being clever or is the truth in, uh, lie in the middle of that somewhere? It's probably somewhere in the middle. I, 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 I'm not looking at the, the current regime and thinking they're cutting corners or they're cheap. Um, I think they've made it perfectly clear from the outset that they want this model of sustainability. Sorry, the, the model words slip back in. Um, and, and that's what we're going to have to see. Now, 
I think it sticks in in people's throats sometimes when you see if you see a, a club just down the road at Middlesbrough, much much smaller attendances, and they have a bigger playing budget, and and people will look at that and think, well, how does that work? But they've been they've been pretty clear from from the word go, or Louis Dreyfus has that this is the way it's going to be, and what we spend is what we bring into the club. Um, and I th- and I, they're obviously going to have to be clever with it um, and recruit intelligently. And I think along the way there will be there will be probably unpopular sales when uh, a certain player hits a certain level where a Premier League team comes in and offers a certain amount of money. The way the club ru- is run, that, that they're going to have to listen to the offers because then they can go and reinvest. But I. Although the thing that encourages me most about the club now is that there's a genuine sense of clarity. You, you can you can disagree with how they're going about it, and you can, or you can agree with it, but at, at least there's clarity because the way the the way the club used to stumble about in the dark before um, under the previous two regimes, um, it, it 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 never offered any encouragement. And, it, and if and if the club was going to get somewhere, it'd almost be by accident. At least, at least now, there's like there is a clear vision for what the club wants to be, and there will be there will be times where that is 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 hard to stand by because there'll be poor runs of form because it, it's a young group of players and young groups of players tend to be inconsistent. Um, but I think you can tell by the mood around the club that there's even when the the sticky spells have come this season, there's patience because I think at least supporters can buy into something and. And as I say, I, that, that, I just don't think that was the case under, under, in years gone by. And, and and ultimately, a lot of the recruitment is working as well. If you look at the in the in the last twelve months, there's been more hits than misses. When you look at the players like Roberts and, and Clark, and you know, they've the genuinely changed the fortunes of this club. And 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 when it's dovetailed well with recruiting a bit of experience like Evans and Bat, there's 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 there's, there's reasons to be optimistic about where this club's going. Um, we'd all like it to go quicker, I think. Um, we'd all like them to be knocking on the, the, the door of the top six. But at the same time, I, as I say, I think there's, there's like a, a sense of, of patience and, and understanding because people at least know what the club's trying to do. And I think quite a long-winded answer to that. But I, <laughs> no, it's good. It's what we wanted. I think um, winning some home games would help. <laughs> because... Of course, yeah. Yeah, because no. you know, as we discussed last week, that's you know ultimately what it's down to when people go to watch the team play. The majority of people go to the home matches, and we aren't we aren't winning games, so it's people are starting to get a little bit frustrated at that. Um, you've just mentioned now, you know, and when it's something we've gone over again, um, lots and lots of times when you you mentioned the young players instead of dovetails with people like Danny Bat and Corey Evans. Enough of that, though, in your opinion, because I'm not sure he is. No, no, I, I would like another couple of experienced players in there, if truth be told. But that, I think I, I, I don't think a lack of experience is necessarily costing the team this season. Perhaps in it, if you looked at a couple of games, like the QPR one, is is still very hard to take. I think generally over a course of the season, though, you, you you will get one of those almost like freak collapses. And perhaps they didn't manage the game well enough against Burnley. But was that down to a lack of experience? I'm not not entirely sure. I think you probably level as much criticism at Tony Mowbray's door and, and 
these experiences they get at this level. Um, I just think um, the, the other the other thing that encourages me is that is the football that the team at least tries to play. It doesn't always get it right, but you see in the goals scored at Reading and the goals scored at Huddersfield, and even the breakaway for um, for for Ahmad to score his second score uh, the team second the other night. They are capable of playing some lovely football, um, and when you cast your mind back to I don't want to hark back to it, but sort of Jack Ross, Phil Parkinson, the, the, the players that we were paying to watch on a Saturday weren't capable of these things. And at, at least now we have genuine flair and genuine talent to hang your hat on. And, you know, I, 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 I'll say it to anyone that Jack Clark is is one of my favourite players in the division. I think he is, he's a real throwback. He's a, he's a winger that likes to beat a fullback. And that's what you, that's what you, that's what gets you off your seat watch, watching a team. And, and and I know he can be a bit unpredictable and erratic at times, but, you know, I, I, I love watching him play. I think he's, I think he's terrific. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. And, and it was interesting, um, wasn't it, uh, Gareth, that Tony Mowbray's, not Tony Mowbray, um, one of the players, might have been Jack Clark, actually, um, come out and say, they are really enjoying playing under Mowbray because he's such an attacking-minded yeah. manager, and he's encouraging them to express themselves. And it, 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 you know, you could talk about models and strategies and long-term plans. You know, the here and now—that's what fans want to see. They, they want to turn up and watch um, exciting football, if possible. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, he did say that, didn't he, <clears throat> uh, before the the game on on Friday, and. You know, he's somebody who's going to benefit from that encouragement. And he's, you know, we've talked about how brave he is before on the ball and that he will try and beat his fullback or do what he wants to do towards the box. Um, you know, if he gets it wrong 99 times, he'll have, right, give us a ball, have another go. Like a Middlesbrough is a good example where he had a bad game, but he was still trying to beat the fullback and to create a positive situation right up until the 90th minute. He'd never let his head go down. Um, I think he's a real exciting talent. And I said it before, he's, he, reminds, he reminds me of Chris Waddle, like the way he plays, the way he runs with the ball. Um, Lee Johnson said that as well. He's very upright and he just, I don't know, he, he, the way he is, he, the way, he reminds me of watching him. Um, I think he's getting back to the level of player he was when Tottenham paid all that money to sign him from Leeds. Mm-hmm. I think that I think we're seeing that type of player again now. Just uh, you know, he's that has been a massive positive. It's it's been frustrating at times when we drop points. Um, but the expectation for me this season, what we've seen is far out outshone that expectation. I mean, I thought we'd be really scrapping, and I know we're only four points off. The bottom three, but at the same time, we're four points off the playoffs as well. So, <clears throat> and if we beat Millwall um, in our game in hand, they're, I know they're sixth, and I think that did they have the first away win of the season um, the weekend? Yeah, gone? 4 2 on Saturday, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah, so, um, you know, they're obviously in decent form, but at the same time. They also lost to Huddersfield a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, but away. you look at and go, well, we, you know, you beat, you beat Millwall, you're going to be one point behind Millwall, you're going to be 10th. Um, you know, it, it is tight, and you, you can slide down the table as quickly as you can go up it. But 
you know that generally you would say like personally i think there's been a lot more positives and negatives i think we've competed really well in pretty much every single game you know we've tried to do what we want to do in games we haven't like focused on stifling opposition i think when we've played teams some of them have gone oh well they've not gone into the shell but they've kind of tried to nullify us rather than play their own game I, I think, think we just is... go in every game and try and play our way and, and you know impact the game that way. I think I think if if there is an endorsement of how the club is now run as well is that it's easy to forget how this this season was placed in a fair bit of peril when Alex Neil walks out of the club at the back end of August and you, you you're kind of wondering where where the season goes next. But we, he's not easily forgotten because because of what he did, but. It, the, the the situation is is easily forgotten because the club just skipped past that quite quite comfortably and the 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 quality of players that they've assembled at the club now ensured that they were able to overcome that sort of adversity quite quite easily I think because I think it's it's quite easy to underplay how 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 tricky that spell was and I know Tony Mowbray was appointed pretty quickly after it but um, you know the the this this season's moved on very quickly, and um, and there's there's as much cause for for optimism now as, as there was when when Alex Neil was was taking charge of his final game. It's you know I think that's that's a, that can only yeah. be a positive. I agree. I, mean, I think that's actually a point. Sorry, just just to go just to say that like um, that's something that's not really talked about a lot. And like you said, I think that's that's to the credit of, of what's happened since. I mean. Obviously, you can you can sort of look at Stoke and, and whatever, but really, I think from our perspective, we've not really had to. to, to we've not. I wouldn't say we haven't missed Alex Neil because obviously he, was, he did really well for us, but I'm not sure we'd be doing that much better under him. It's hard to say, obviously, but I uh, I think I think you know Tony Mowbray's done a, done a fine job so far since he's coming. All things considered, with the injuries and stuff, so yeah. yeah, I think it's a testament to the squad that was built to, to be resilient to to deal with it an off the field issue as we do with the off field issues. Some mistakes, but you know, but you're not going to get a manager where that doesn't happen. You know, the really Cardiff at home is the only one in my mind that he, he got absolutely massively wrong. When have we ever had a manager? You're not going to say that about. Um, interesting. There is no manager that doesn't. Well, get it exactly. Wrong. Yeah, I think interesting. Or what you think, Phil? Can if this um, transfer approach can work at a club like Sunderland, is it right that they are looking at scrapping the parachute payments for relegated teams? Because that would make a difference, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, I, I, I think parachute payments have been a, a bugbear for, for most clubs in the FL for since the day dot really, because it, it, it does skew the playing field so dramatically. Um, if you look at the the budget that a team like Watford or Norwich can can utilise this season compared to a team like Sunderland who who get greater attendances, it's it's uh, it's not a level playing field. I, I do think that's going to change pretty quickly in the next sort of solidarity agreement with the, with the Premier League. You know, whether or not that means we'll see sort of... Um, Staggered payments where you're finishing the championship. I think that's very likely, but the the, the parachute payment value will will drop. Um, so, what's explain that 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 staggered payment thing? So, so, this is this is the next TV, well, the sort of next arrangement with the with the EFL, where um, in in the same way in the Premier League, you are rewarded for where you finish in the division. That that will come into the championship. I'm more certain about that. Um, so, the higher up you finish in the championship, the, the greater your your payment down will be so um 
that, that that's been going on in the Premier League for forever, really. Um, and and it, I think that's a way of almost like negating the the the, the threat of losing parachute payments because if you're if you're a club in receipt of parachute payments, the chances are you'll be top six. So you, you're still going to receive a kickback that way if, if if you if you get me drift in terms of where you finish in the league. But um, unless you got Martin Bain in charge of yeah, well, yeah, yeah, there's, there's always one exception, isn't there? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I, and in that sense, I, I do think Sunderland are, I won't say punching above the weight because they've got this enormous fan base behind them. But in if, if I, I have a strong, strong belief, this team will finish top twelve if if um, if Ross Stewart is fit and playing in the second half of the season because they're almost there now and they've done they've done it the hard way. Um, if 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 you can tell me now that Ross Stewart comes back into the team, plays every week, and scores ten goals, I don't see how they they don't finish in the top ten because I don't I don't necessarily see a huge amount of teams to to worry about. Uh, Sunderland haven't been drugged by anyone really, have they? Uh, they've given everyone a game, and perhaps in in certain games they find margins where they haven't picked up what they should have done. But um, yeah, I'm not about to tip them for top six. Don't worry, but I think I think I think top half is is pretty sensible. The thing I, is, I though, like you know, even Barnsley, even Barnsley got the playoffs. I know they've been, they've been relegated since, but that's just a, a reflection of how wide open this league is. And I think you look how close Sunderland could have been to the bottom three had they lost one of these games of one recently. But how how with you know the, the within distance of the playoffs as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, like you say, the fact they've managed to stumble to this position with no centre forwards for the large part of it, and and I, I think it's encouraging and. Well, I know for a fact Jimmy will agree with us, but um, there's nothing, Gareth, is there? Have you seen anything? that? And I know sometimes Southern fans get carried away and it's like, oh, get Stu back in and we can make a playoff push. But there's, people are just reacting to what they're seeing in front yeah. of them. There's been, there's been nothing to, to, to terrify, terrify at all. No. Um, <clears throat> I think, you know, the, in terms of players, I think I would say... The only player I've seen better from a forward perspective um, is than than Stewart is Diaz. I would say uh, Brereton and Diaz. Um, and I would say, you know, I thought that was it Benson. It was who came on against us for Burnley. Was yeah. I mean they had some ex- really ex- like we've got good wingers, but I thought they had yeah. an, an end product <clears throat> like an extreme end product. Almost. Um, that Belgian lad has scored for them against Blackburn yeah, at the weekend as well. Yeah. The He's good. Um, so yeah, you see, but as ter- in terms of individuals, you see Coventry centre forward, <laughs> Swedish yeah, one was yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he 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 was a real threat in that first game. Um, but overall, I would say, like you say, the teams that and that's what's been the surprising thing is where, as I said before, we 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 tend to just play the way we want to play. And we've played teams this season who've been in the championship, like Preston, Blackpool, for a couple of years ahead of us. And they're, they're playing against us. You know, Rotherham did it, try to do it, playing against us like they're trying to nullify nullify our threat. Um, rather than thinking, oh, well, these are the newly promoted side who are, who are um, you know, there for the take. I'm going to get three points. So that's been a positive thing. I think the Barnsley one actually is interesting you mention it because the, Bar- the Barnsley situation is the thing that does make me fear a little bit because I know they were talking about Brentford as, a, as some sort of model replicator 
you know, every every few years it's a new it was used to be we should be more like Southampton, we should be more like Swansea, we should be more like X, Y, and Z. <clears throat> so this time it's we should be more like Brentford, who got rid of their um reserves bit well, their under twenty threes and under twenty ones and put a reserve team in place. I don't think that would go down very well at Sunderland considering like it's a I've massive got much part. Of an under twenty ones team yeah, anyway. It's a massive fair. part. Well you'll actually look at the and what they kind of do is they kind of build a team of kind of average of age for that group players and then chuck some of the better younger players in around them to play with them almost. Um, and then they just let go of that intake of the older players um, at the end of the season, replace, buy some more. Um, but the, the Barnsley thing it does, is the thing that worries me because I would say we, we're trying to approach it similar to Barnsley. And they signed a lot of these players and did really well. And then when they all left, they had to replace them. They didn't and got relegated. Huddersfield so, are struggling as well, and they have let a lot of <clears> good players go. Yeah, I think Huddersfield got rid of their under-23s as well. I think Huddersfield might only have a B team. There was a few better. teams, I think, that did it a couple of years ago, I think. Phil, yeah. Yeah. I thought it might have been near your sort of wheelhouse, Phil, being down that sort of... <laughs> Sort of Yorkshire-ish kind of way. What I would say with tensions over this field, do I? Yeah. With, so, yeah, I don't know. The Barnsley thing. I don't know. Like, I see, I see what you're saying in a way, but I think with them, they had like an extreme version of because they got that it was Valerian Ismail who was their manager and he yeah. played that really specific short-termism type of football that nearly got them there. I don't. I see what you're saying in a way, but I, don't, I think we have a bit more like. Stability. I think they were quite short-termist in what they were trying to yeah, do. They were they were like the ultimate money ball thing where they were trying to buy and sell a lot quite quickly. I don't. Yeah. I don't, I'd hope. Well, I hope we're not doing doing what they did because it obviously didn't work for them. But um, I, I think, like you say, you look, people look at clubs like Brentford or Brighton with a flavour of the month, and obviously the, the issue that we have that not a lot of other teams in the Championship have when comparing themselves is that we in the nicest possible way, are already like bigger clubs than Brentford and Brighton and whatever. So it's hard for us to en- emulate that with the expectation level that we have because it's rightly or wrongly, our, you know, our fans aren't going to want to sell every good player that we have and they aren't going to want to... doesn't mean it's the wrong way to do it, but we, we're going to have to balance it in a different way, I think, to how other clubs possibly would at this level when emulating that because because we have to factor in sort of where our natural position, if you like, would be. And I know that doesn't necessarily mean a lot when you look at when you look at where teams are now. But what I'm basically trying to say is like we it's hard I think there'd be less buy-in for, for that type of, of thing from, from a fan base as large as ours because we have a higher ceiling than a team like Brentford or Brighton would. So you wouldn't necessarily just do what they did because it probably wouldn't work in the same way. It would have to be kind of like a bit more like what you'd expect from a bigger club combined with aspects of the Brentford, Brighton, whatever model, because um, we have other things that those clubs don't have, like sort of the support level, the stadium, the facilities that mean we can potentially push on further. That would be my view on that anyway. Yeah, it's an interesting one because, like, on one hand, you don't want to see what happens next because you're just enjoying these players being here now. And you think with a couple of more experienced players, we could we could really push on, but it's inevitable it's gap, but as Phil said, Ross Stewart's the one we all we are worried about, although Jack Clark is putting up a, a serious case for that as well. That's assuming Tottenham aren't gonna come and 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 use the buyback thing that they have in place for for I think what would probably be relatively cheap for somebody. Could they have a buyback for Clark? I think they have, they? haven't they? 
I haven't just made that up. I'm sure they have, haven't they? They have one for Sergan, but I don't think they have I thought one they had for one Clark. for them both. I thought they? they did. I, I could be know. wrong. Where's Chris when you need him? Um, he'll tell us in the group chat when he listens to this. No doubt, like he always does. Um, Those players would have to want to go, though, wouldn't they? Like, Clark, I mean, why would Clark want to go back to Spurs? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, spend... We signed Will Grigg in his pyjamas. I don't think he wanted to go, did he? But he did. So True, yeah. Um, yeah. So and, 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 and you don't want to say what's up because that's going to be the test because, as you've said, fan base is less likely to have said, well, actually, we come to watch these players and now we're selling them. They're going to have to reinvest that. They're going to have to reinvest that money then and say, well, okay, show us how they're going to make this work then because we want to see some serious improvements to the team with the money you've just taken in and whether they're, you know, for example, take 10 million quid. Because we all thought when we got relegated and we sold Jordan Pickford for the amount we sold, we thought we were going to see that reinvested back in the team. And... uh Nothing of the sort happened. So, um, yeah, we're not, we're not, we're just speculating, aren't we? Uh, everybody ready for the break, though? Do we think just, just close things up? We, it's, a, it's coming a good time for us, isn't it? Yeah, I think, I think the tone around the club's very different now after Friday night's win, isn't it? If, 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 they, if they lose that game, it's, yeah, we, it's, we, it, I think we've talked them very yeah. differently and clinging to optimism might have been quite difficult. Um, but I, I do think if you, if you took the, the, progress to this point over the course of the season um i think there's there's certainly cause for encouragement i'd have taken this absolutely especially knowing that alex neil was going to walk away after half a dozen games and we're going to play the rest of that time with out of center forward to be sat on 27 points and and let's be honest it should be more um is 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 a good return and and i think i think cause to to be Fairly hopeful about what the second half of the season holds. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we'll be back in some in some form over the next couple of weeks. Well, we we'll definitely got a couple of games thrown in December, of course. Anyway, but uh, we are going to have a an in depth review of the the season so far. So um, make sure you uh, keep your eyes open for that. Um, we need to mention the. Donation to fear, I think, don't we? Yeah. Want to keep on pushing that? Um, if you go back and you've you've listened to the podcast that um, Matt did with Fear, she's a singer songwriter from um, Sunderland, and uh, she needs our help because she unfortunately has a brain tumor. It's uh, not treatable uh, on the NHS because of how much it's going to cost. You can only get that sort of treatment, a trial treatment in America. She's already at one hundred and fifteen thousand pounds, so she's quarter of the way there it's a it's a staggering amount of money that she she needs to um raise but you know frankly she she needs our help so um you can do that by going to um just given i think it's on our is it our pin tweet or something or we'll we'll pin a tweet yeah we'll make sure it's pinned so you can go on our twitter and have a look at that to see how you can do it but it's um i think it's, it's aside for fair i think the, the twitter handle i think it is so if you if you have Fight a, for fear, yeah. yeah just if you have a Twitter them. search um, on there, you'll find the Twitter account. Yeah. And I'm sure all the links and updates, etc., will be on yeah. there. Yeah, fight for fear, yeah, um, as a Twitter <clears> account, uh, or just given and and uh, have a look for fear fan tarot, and you'll and you'll see that there. So make sure you keep donating. Uh, okay, we'll be back soon. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.